ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the shadow realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. This show's frontman and main host. Though I do apologize for not having a main episode with me and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, this week, I still wished for all of you to have something to listen to while you travel this holiday season, this weekend. Now, whether or not me and Sasha record something this Christmas Eve, that is negligible. If we don't, uh, don't be surprised that we might be taking the week off for the holidays. And I just will toss up probably a uh, Lost Media episode or a retrospective episode to fill out that week for all of you. Uh, So stay tuned for at least that. Uh, If we do um, record a main episode, who knows. But still, um, there's a few things I want to talk about right off the bat uh, in regards to what's been happening over the past week, couple of weeks, and give kind of a rundown. One of which is the fact that uh, me and Sasha have talked about how things can be problematic and how we shouldn't judge actors or actresses based on simply accusations alone. And I think me and Sasha might have discussed it earlier this year or at some point. If not, uh, I'm sure some of you out there have heard that Jonathan Majors is Jonathan Majors is an actor known made majorly for uh, pun and possibly intended tended, um, as the actor who recently played Kang the Conqueror in Loki. Um, the recent Ant-Man and Wasp movie, uh, and plus I believe he was in one of the Creed movies, um, and I think he also did a lot of other, other roles, uh, I'm just not sure what they are, but uh, again, a few months ago, if not earlier this year, he was uh, accused, now, notice I said accused, at that time, accused of uh, assault, uh, against somebody and there was accusations back and forth um one of it one of which was abuse against uh his partner um and they went he was arrested he went to trial now uh it came out recently that he jonathan majors was uh was found guilty of some at least uh assault charges not from what I heard, it's various, but he was found guilty on some of the charges that he went to court for. And because of this, and during this trial, uh, I think before the char- charges were actually dropped, uh, and we found, everybody found out that he was guilty of some of the charges, uh, Disney did fire him as Kang, uh, so therefore... You're not going to see Kang any more in the Marvel Universe uh, or the MEU or depending on 
who you talk to, the MCU, but still, you're not going to see Kang at, as part of everything. Um, that was brief and just something I wanted to touch on real quick. Now, you heard me and Sasha talk about this in the past. I just want to reiterate this. Um, the person I wanted to contact and have on the show to talk about Borderlands, you know, the upcoming uh, movie, the four, what to expect, and uh, the issues uh, that we t both had over the, the course of uh, the span of this series was a YouTuber by the name of Morning After Kill. Uh, I have no hard feelings for it. Uh, I have no ill will. I just want to let you all know that he was the YouTuber that I was contacting in regards to having on the show, whether via Zoom, uh, Discord, what have you. Uh, I understood that he records calls for sake of content on his channel, just in case it was needed. Uh, I had no problems with that because I'd be recording stuff on my end. Heck, I would have offered him my recordings on my end if he wanted them. Uh, more than, and offer still stands for him. Uh, and I would have agreed, just to let you all know, I would have agreed with him that uh, there is some worry on my front. Uh, what he is, who he is, uh, I'll, I'll put it like that. Um... I don't know if it's because uh, I'm a smaller creator. Uh, I'm not a Borderlands creator, even though I am a fan. I've been a fan for the series, what have you. Um, but I do, let me say this, if he listens to this, um, we, at least I have, I've stated on the show before that uh, I have worries over the Borderlands movie because no trailer, no set picks, nothing's come out in regards to this movie. Uh, granted, we've had a SAG and writer strike for the past six, eight months, or I, I'd say for at least six to eight months, we've had a SAG and um, writer strike and nothing came out. But uh, as far as I've heard, this movie was done and done uh, earlier this year before the either strike happened. And we heard nothing, seen nothing, no set picks, no trailer, no preview trailer, no nothing. Um, I've heard rumors of rights, rewrites, and uh, reshoots and everything else. That worries me greatly. And uh, and to hear that, and it's been confirmed that Borderlands 4 is coming out... In September now rumor has it that it's coming out Borderlands 4 will be coming out roughly the same time as the movie to kind of capitalize on things but uh, if that's the case I'm worried about the game I've I'm hearing so many rumors uh, my ears to the ground uh, who breaks what in regards to the movie the game uh, I'm worried uh, I am worried greatly in regards to it uh, I've had like it like I was going to tell morning after kill I have it had issues uh, with some aspects of the game it's well known for, between me and my friends I haven't made it public yet uh, I don't know if I put it in like Borderlands 3 or Tiny Tina's review that I've had on this um, this audio side of things uh, 
if four drops, I will be definitely downloading the footage and doing a voiceover uh, narrative for our YouTube channel. And yes, I do understand that I have two videos to post up in regards to old uh, video podcast episodes. But um, I have had issues with both the pre-sequel and Tiny Tina's. Tiny Tina's having the aspect of uh, a difference than what the original games had or the core games had, even though the pre-sequel is a core game. Um, the core games were was for the most part had the feeling of this game is awesome to be played by yourself but it's even better with friends whereas Tiny Tina's and the pre-sequel had the air of yeah you can do this with by yourself but it's much better and you'll play through it easier with friends even though we make things tougher uh, not to mention each game has its own issues where uh, let's keep nerfing weapons and again um, it's not just morning after kill that's been saying it there's been a few other borderlands content creators that have been agreeing with him stating that their gearbox Randy Pitchford and 2k hate the borderlands community they hate the uh, the players uh, they'll favor the the shills, the people that they're willing that are willing to take a paycheck to promote things, but they hate uh, the fans. They they'll nerf weapons like they have before. Uh, I found that uh, a lot of weapons in the Tiny Tina's Wonderland is drastically underpowered. Uh, the fact that they put out they uh, took a, took a scalpel in a way to. Uh, Borderlands 2, cut out Tiny Tina's uh, Dragon Keep, made it, a, in essence, a one-shot promo for Wonderlands, then completely forgot about it uh, in regards to the grand scheme of things, meaning they made it its own separate game to promote Wonderlands. They gave it a golden chest. They gave it all this polish and all that and decided to screw it. Screw the fans, screw those who bought the game, who played the game, who might have downloaded it for free on Epic, Steam, or PlayStation Plus, or even paid the $10 for it. Um, and when a lot of folks, at, like Morning After Kill and other creators, whether large or small, stated, to Gearbox, you're losing fans. Uh, heck, I've even, when I... I disagreed with it. It's like, hey, there's probably people online. No, there's not. I could hop on Borderlands 2. Uh, I had a character that was just made, helped made uh, to level 80. Uh, there's no one playing a level 80 character on Wonderlands right now. Uh, not Wonderlands, on Borderlands 2. Uh, if you play as a lower character, the, the some of the character uh, people that are community on there are toxic. Uh, or in some way, shape, or form, whether they kick you off within five minutes, um, they mug you for weapons, uh, then kick you off, or doing nothing on Sanctuary. Uh, it's hard to be a fan when you can't be a fan. Uh, I've seen more fun and in the community with the modding community than anything else. 
But I digress. I literally digress. Uh, am I padding for time? Maybe. And because one of the other things I wanted to talk about is the that's a loss for the gaming community. When you have a game like Borderlands and Gearbox, a company like Gearbox that uh, doesn't like the fans, doesn't like the community at all, and rather what some people have stated, Gaslight or what have you, the community that they're putting out great. Um, while the games to this day are broken, underpowered, and everything else. But you do have some companies trying to make a win for either the community or themselves as a whole. Uh, I've heard recently De uh, the Destiny community helped make a few changes in the game. Uh, I'm not a fan of Destiny. I've tried to get into it uh, due to my personal funds. I don't get the DLC right away. Uh, I usually wait until it goes on sale. And when I do and I try to play it, the cinematics are gone. And but that's different. Uh, but that's a win for the community and the gaming community as a whole. When the community comes around, says, "Hey, there's an issue. We don't want it." They're making vocal. They leave, and when or they uh, send messages to Bungie or the the developers, and the developers actually make a change. The other win that happened in the gaming community, at least the video gaming community, is what Epic Games has done. Now, for those of you not familiar with Epic Games, Epic Games puts out a, um, a popular game known as Fortnite. You might have heard of it. Uh, sarcasm implied. And recently, they've had a lawsuit with both Apple and Google uh, in regards to fees. This is not new amongst the gaming community. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, let me fill you in. There are when you buy a if you're if you play a game like Fortnite, Roblox, uh, Call of Duty, uh, or even Halo, or anything that has a Game Pass or uh, microtransactions. Heck, if you play a game such as Monopoly Go, you see these transactions all the time. And what happens is, whether it be a company like Xbox, like Microsoft, Sony, uh, with their consoles, the, the PlayStation and Xbox uh, relatively, uh, also in the mobile market with Apple and Android, uh, what happens is, if you pay for a microtransaction, whether through a mobile game or a game such as Call of Duty or Fortnite, they you pay them a a fee, whether it be a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. If you're paying a hundred dollars for an item, you are stupid. But uh, a portion of that, a percentage of that goes to the company uh if a game on steam heck you see it on steam you've heard probably heard about it on steam or through steam or um microsoft you probably bought a digital game through uh microsoft uh or sony or through steam or what have you a portion of that amount you paid goes to that company meaning if you buy a game on Xbox or PlayStation 
and you pay $60, let's say, for the sake of argument, 10% of that goes to Xbox and Microsoft and Sony. So, out of $60, tax not included, $6 goes to the parent company. Now, when it comes to a company such as Apple and Google, I'll use the numbers that were released in regards to Google. That number it can be as high as 30%. That means if you spend $10 on for a mobile game, and like, yes, I understand Fortnite can be considered a mobile game, but like Monopoly Go, Candy Crush, or what have you, 30% of that $10, so thir- um, $3 goes to Google for every transaction made. Uh, 30% goes to Google. And reportedly, Apple's the same way. So, Epic had enough of this crap. And they decided to do a lawsuit against Apple and Google. Uh, Google saying the fees are too high. Uh, this is uh, and the fact that they have to go to another uh, service, uh, meaning with Epic they could sell it through their own web, uh, a store such as let's say they create a game like Fortnite, they could sell it through their own website uh, and avoid Steam altogether. They could. Uh, sell it on PlayStation, they have other opportunities, but if it's on a computer, they have a way to, they have multiple of options. And with uh, consoles and uh, whatnot, you could buy that game digitally off of Amazon, and they'll get send you a digital code, which will help you download that game. So there's other outlets for consoles, but with the phone market, mobile market, you don't have that secondary option. You have to go through either Apple or Google. But the reason why everything failed via Apple and they didn't win that aspect of things is because as soon as they met, did messages to Apple back and forth and Epic didn't really save things. Apple deleted those messages and, well, there was no evidence in regards to any thing saying, hey, it's 30%, we're not going to do anything. But, here's the thing. Google, on the other hand, yet, was, was there any evidence in regards to uh, this 30% or what have you? Oddly, yes. Yes, there was. Uh, there was what kind of evidence, you might ask. Uh, from what I heard, the evidence was that uh, executives were emailing each other uh, back and forth. There were chat logs, everything saying how they were doing this to Epic and other, uh, possibly other uh, developers and so forth and so on. So... The, there's a there was a settlement it was like close to 600 million dollars right now uh, in regards to this now uh, and from what I heard with this settlement 
you could possibly hop in on this settlement to get anywhere between uh, minimum $2 on up, depending on how much you purchased. I haven't seen any links yet in regards to how you could claim that. So uh, you may, if the low end is $2, uh, is it actually worth, you know, uh, doing anything or pulling out? Uh, maybe uh, get that $2 credit. Use it to your next purchase on Candy Crush or Monopoly Go, whatever you're playing right now, or if, if you're able to, but it, it's probably strictly with Google, so you can't use it for Microsoft, PlayStation, or Steam. But either way, uh, that was a win. Uh, just do a research in regards to, do a Google search in regards to uh, uh, the lawsuit in regards to Epic Games. The other one is... Uh, it's more of an L or a, I won't say a loss or it's a, a crappy thing that has happened recently and more and more uh, weird, I won't say scummy behavior, but then again, it the corporation I'm talking about in regards to the gaming community is Hasbro. Uh, yeah, uh, some of you might remember uh, Hasbro has not had a good year this year. Uh Let's do the rundown. Earlier this year, they had uh, between them and their issues with uh, or allowing Wizards of the Coast to do what they do. They had uh, OGL, Open Gaming License Issues or Drama, earlier this year where they wanted to change it to take away cash from early uh, from third-party creators that, how depending on how you read it, it didn't... Didn't matter if you're a bigger creator like Critical Role or a smaller creator that published third-party content through uh, like Patreon uh, or anything like that. They wanted their their money. Then they that got rectified. Then the whole current drama that kind of got swept under the radar with. Uh, uh, weird stuff and how D&D uh, &D Beyond their uh, virtual tabletop uh, is being handled. Uh, not to mention uh, the aspects again earlier this year with Magic the Gathering and sending uh, an organ organization or anti-union organization against known as the Pinkertons against a YouTuber who opened up packs of a uh, new release of Magic the Gathering cards that he wasn't supposed to have, but he was sent accidentally. So, yeah, uh, that was drama. Then uh, it came out that along with Funko, Magic the Ga uh, Wizards of the Coast was dumping access boxes of Magic the Gathering cards. Now, when it came to Funko, it came out that they were dumping pallets upon pallets uh, five, six feet high into landfills because trying to make the, I guess, they had all this stock that they couldn't sell uh, and everything else. This has not been a good year or it, it's been a scummy year to be a fan of Match the Gathering and with, uh, Dungeons and Dragons with everything there's that's been going on. I should say it's been a weird year. Now, 
earlier this week, if not, uh, it, I say earlier this week, it has come out that Hasbro, across the board, has pretty much laid off over 1,000 of its workers. Across the board, that includes Wizards of the Coast. And right before the holidays. Uh, so it was like, from what I heard, it was like early December that they did this. Late Between Thanksgiving and as of this recording of this episode, they laid off 1,100 people. Right before Christmas. Which is, in and upon itself, kind of scummy. Uh, not to mention, they, from what I heard, they put out a toy line that, I want to say a toy line, They these were limited edition type stuff uh, with supposedly uh, some of the profits going towards uh, ch- their, their own charitable organization. Um, a lot of people have been speculating they did this, so even though that they're uh, kind of losing money this year, or lost a butt-ton of money this year, they are doing it to make the, instead of it being total on a down note, it looks like it has an uptick on their books to so they could go to their investors and go, see, we did have a profitable final quarter this year or holiday season. And meanwhile, if they do donate, instead of it being, let's say, uh, as they might say, let's say 10%, it's probably closer to 1% or less than that. That way they could say, see, we actually sold, we did donate something, yet the from what I was told, and heard some of these uh, figures, uh, toys Hasbro put out were a couple hundred dollars a, a piece. But uh, a lot of folks are looking at Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro with disgust. More fans are are leaving the community or anything else. And a lot of people have been asking some of the bigger creators uh how outside of buying the core books for Dungeons and Dragons, which is pretty much the Monster Manual, the the GM guide, and the Player's Handbook, what should they buy so they don't have to support Wizards of the Coast too much? And a lot of folks state, don't go to, don't stay away from D and D Beyond, uh, or I'll, I'll add to that. If you have to use D&D Beyond, go with the free option. Go with the free option. Stick with one or two characters, and that's it. But beyond that, use Roll20, because that, from what I heard, it does character creation for a lot of stuff. Um, go with third... And the, these bigger creators are saying, go with third-party creators. Um, I agree with that. Uh, hold hardy, heartedly, whether through Patreon, uh, Kickstarter has a lot of, yeah, I know I've had my issues with cri- cri- uh, Kickstarter, um, but uh, with the third-party creators, you're supporting somebody that's a small creator, you're not supporting Wizards of the Coast, uh, I agree with that, whether it be uh, go with uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, 
Dungeon in a Box, uh, DM Dave, or whomever. There are loads and loads of creators out there and loads and loads of third-party places where you could get additional content, whether it be one-shots, campaigns, um, what have you. There, You can support them. Uh, heck, yes, Critical Role as well if you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But for now, that's all I have in regards to a lot of stuff. Some of this I might actually discuss with uh, with Sasha at LA Point. Maybe Sunday, maybe next week. Who knows what happens. But still, either way, I I'm going to end this here. I'll post this up before I head on out. So take care, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And if you want to share how your holiday season went, you could also email you could email us at longcoatmafia at gmail.com or uh, send us a message via our Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash the Longcoat Mafia Podcast. Uh, or you can leave us a comment via uh, Podbean or Good Pods or any place like that. I'm sure we'll get an email in regards to it. Uh, it's uh, hard for us to check Apple and uh, uh, Spotify in regards to the comments, so that's why we're focusing on Good Pods and Podbean because those are the best ways to for us to see those comments uh, as as well. So either way, stick with us, interact with us. But I will say this: no matter the platform or not, uh, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or what have you, whatever you listen. Please rate us. Listen to us completely. It does help us a lot. And all our links to all so social media are in the description down below. And I do apologize for the heater being on right now. And that you probably heard that in the background. But still, I'd rather be a little bit toasty than cold as hell. So drive safe out there. Let us know what you, uh, how your holiday was. And don't forget to interact with us here at the show. So, um, that being said, I'm out to do a few things and enjoy the holidays. One last thing before I go, and that is... I'm a gamer. I'm wearing a bikini. You've been listening to the Long Coat Mafia Podcast, the Internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast. <laughs>